your children throw a fit if you take away the phone, tablet, or TV? Do you find that your children often tune you out because they are so engrossed in their devices? Are your teens anxious without a device in their hand or in their ears? Do you find it difficult to limit your kids' technology use because, well, you struggle as much as they do? Well, then I'm so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for updates so you'll always know about new podcast episodes. You'll also receive a free gift from Ginger when you sign up. Before we get started on today's episode, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Once upon a time, there was a homeschooling mom named Shoparella who had a problem. She loved buying shiny new books, all the books, and she especially loved buying new curricula for her mice. This isn't a perfect analogy, but just hang with me. Unfortunately, she sometimes spent money on books and curricula that just didn't fit. Kind of like trying to shove a glass slipper on her stepsister's janky feet. But what Shoparella really needed was a team of fairy curriculum consultants named Janice, Deanne, Sarah, Gina, Ruth, and Judy. Yes, these are their real names to help her make good curriculum choices. Thankfully, Shoparella found Rainbow Resource Center. Rainbow Resource Center is a family-owned business serving the homeschool community since 1989. Basically, they've been around since uh, Shoparella was very, very young. Even if you don't homeschool, Rainbow Resource Center is a wonderful place to get educational gifts for kids of all ages. You can sort their huge catalog of resources by grade and by subject to get the best educational products for your family. But hurry, because on the stroke of 12, everything will be as it was before, meaning you can get their great prices all day, every day at rainbowresource.com. Again, that's rainbowresource.com and get free shipping on orders over $50 and live happily ever after the delivery truck arrives. Well, Ginger, we've teased our listeners for long enough, and I was finally able to peel myself away from Instagram in order to write this episode. (laughs) (laughs) In all seriousness, God laid it on my heart a while ago, actually, to share this topic with our listeners. I could have written 15 episodes about all the little rabbit trails I pursued in my research on this topic. So I will link to several books and documentaries I found that were helpful and just so convicting. But the topic I chose today isn't so much, you know, to try to dictate what we should or shouldn't do when it comes to our kids' technology use or our own, to be honest. But instead, I wanted us to address the excuses we give for why we don't always make those changes that we know are necessary. Mm, I'm so excited to hear what you have to say about this, Katie, because you've been chomping at the bit to do an episode on kids and technology since day one. (laughs) I remember the very first brainstorming session we had uh, before we even started recording podcasts. We were just talking about doing a podcast, and we were talking about what sort of topics we wanted to cover. And I actually think the very first one you mentioned was about Mm -hmm. kids and technology. And to be completely honest with you and our listeners, this topic, I don't know why, but it was just low on the totem pole of priorities for me. Maybe it's because I'm just not a big technology person anyway. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm a technically (laughs) challenged person. Katie, you definitely know that by now. (laughs) I've joked before that I don't even know which remote control turns on the TV, which is actually not a joke, by the way. (laughs) 
growing up, I didn't have all the technology options that are available today. So when I was growing up, it simply wasn't an issue at all. And I remember when we were younger, my brother and me, it was a rare treat that my parents took us to an arcade, which (laughs) you don't even know. Do they even have arcades anymore? You know, they do. I've actually seen a few, but there's never anybody in there. There's not anybody (laughs) in there. Yeah. Unless they're they're like my age or your age. Yeah. And that's all they know. know. Sticking to the old days. But anyway, so, but my parents, I remember they would take my brother and me occasionally to an arcade. And, you know, I just really didn't enjoy it that much Mm -hmm. because arcade games, they just made me anxious and nervous. And I'm very competitive. So I didn't have a very good attitude if I was losing and all that stuff. So I actually used to have this recurring dream that I was in a pinball machine. That's how much they stress (laughs) me out. (laughs) That's serious. Yeah, you might It is. I know it's painful too. Yeah. (laughs) So even though, you know, we have all these technology options now, I'm I'm just still not a fan. I never have been, and I don't know that I ever will be. Not because I'm more spiritual or not even because I'm convicted about it. Scrolling through Facebook and Instagram, that's just not my thing. It's just never really appealed to me. Now, I am on social media, obviously, and I do post stuff, and I enjoy keeping up with some of my friends sometimes, but I could totally live without it. I guess because I personally have so little interest in it, it just hasn't been uh, such a passion of mine to do an episode about technology. But, you know, I really don't even know why I'm saying this because this isn't about me. This is about (laughs) our kids. And I realized that the overuse of technology it is a real problem. Mm -hmm. So I'm very thankful, Katie, that you are passionate about this topic and that you've spent so much time researching and reading about the damaging effects that technology can have on our kids. And because I haven't really read a whole lot about it, I'm definitely going to let you take the lead and do most of the talking here. And Katie, I know you uh, got even more fired up about this topic (laughs) when we were at a homeschool convention in Kansas and you met some folks who had some really eye-opening things to say about the damaging effects. Oh man, they did. You know, I left their booth at that convention ready to chuck my phone into the trash. Um, (laughs) Brian and I joke that we're easily fired up about things. We get really excited. Um, I do believe and hope that we've improved in this area as we uh, get old. Um, At least, yeah, I hope we have. But we once walked into Costco to see if we wanted to get our membership. And we walked out with a new, like really expensive blender because the person doing the demo was so convincing. (laughs) So we just don't watch infomercials because they're dangerous for us. Yeah, sounds Um, like. I know, but sometimes I feel that way about the things I read and study. I'm a passionate person, and I also tend to have an all-or-nothing outlook on life sometimes. Um, So it's a good exercise for me, though, to slow down and consider the fact that not everyone is as passionate or gung-ho as I am about stuff like this, and that's actually a really good thing. So, you know, Ginger, you and I had a long discussion at that homeschool convention in Kansas after I spent some time um, with that exhibitor there. They're extremely passionate about having kids abstain completely from phones, video games, and social media throughout childhood. Um, They have some alarming statistics and stories that honestly won me over to that point of view. Um, And for those who are interested to learn more about that, we'll put a link in the show notes. Their book is actually called The Screen Strong Solution. I haven't actually read their book yet, Katie, like you have, but after um, you talk with them, talk with those authors at that convention and came back and told me about it, I was intrigued because so much of what they said rang true big time. They had some really valid points about what it's doing to young people and even to some adults. 
Okay, so uh, Katie, before you get started on uh, telling us some of this information that you've learned from all of your research, uh, we do just want to say that we are not here to make decisions for you about what's best for your kids when it comes to technology. We believe those convictions and decisions can look uh, very different from family to family, and so we totally respect that. That's right, Ginger. And I mean, I'm so grateful to be doing this podcast with you because you and I are quite different even in some of the ways that we parent. And not everyone has the same convictions that I do. You know, Ginger, you've shared before that your kids were allowed to play video games. And I can vouch for the fact that they're both kind, hardworking, responsible adults today. So, you know, instead of telling our listeners how much or how little screen time our kids need, which honestly would be completely presumptuous on my part anyway, I'd like to share more about why we, as their parents, may or may not follow our own convictions on that. So I think it's pretty safe to say most of us feel that our children spend too much time on their phones, video games, social media, et cetera. The research supports that completely. So why do we allow that to continue? That's what we're going to address today. Yes. And I really like this approach that you're wanting to take here, Katie, because this isn't about our personal convictions or what we think about the pros and cons of technology. I I agree with you. I think that we can all agree that there's good and bad that comes from it and that there are valid arguments on both sides. So again, we're not here to make the decisions for you. That's totally not our place. But we do want to help you think through some of the things Um, just to help you determine uh, just exactly what your beliefs and convictions are about it and whether or not you're acting on those beliefs and convictions in ways that are benefiting your family. That's right. I I think most of us can recognize that there's a problem culturally. There does not seem to be an area of child development that isn't negatively affected by excessive screen usage. One book I read put it this way, and I thought it was really helpful. It said, let's imagine you were waiting to board an airplane with your child and the gate agent gave you this warning. Side effects of boarding today's flight may include obesity, mental health issues, sleep deprivation, social incompetence, attention problems, anxiety, depression, addictions, delayed speech and reading, motor deficits, eye damage, and musculoskeletal disorders. Would you get on that flight? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that puts it into perspective. I would think not. You know, it reminds me, Katie, of those commercials promoting the latest drug of the month. Oh, that's It's ridiculous. You know, the ones where they show the people all happy and smiling and twirling around in slow motion and fields of flowers, as if taking whatever medication they're advertising would just make everything hunky-dory. And then they quickly throw in how you should immediately stop taking this medication and consult a doctor if you begin to experience shortness of breath, intense pain, diarrhea, stroke, heart attack, and in some cases, death. (laughs) Just as a minor side note there. Yeah, you might want to stop taking it if you wake up dead. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Who actually listens to all those warnings and still says, yeah, sign me up. I'm in. (laughs) Well, I say that, but apparently someone does or they wouldn't keep pumping out those commercials. That's it. And, you know, that's actually a really good analogy, Ginger, because, you know, like prescription drugs, we have to consider the risk and the reward. Sometimes those prescription medications are worth the risk. Um, To put it in business terms, though, we need to do a cost-benefit analysis. So does the benefit outweigh the cost associated with that particular medication or, in this case, activity? You know, I doubt any of us are unaware of at least some of the horrible effects this technology has on our children. And I'm going to keep saying this, the effects on us as well. Um, Ginger was right to make the analogy of prescription drugs because so much of our technology usage does to our brains what drugs do, not to mention what it does to a child's developing brain. But beyond the neurological effects, surely we see it in just the behaviors of others around us. We see people swerving all over the road because they're texting and driving. 
You know, we see kids at a restaurant who have a conniption fit when their parent takes away a device. We see the parents at the park who are so engrossed in their phones that they're not correcting their child who's terrorizing everybody on the slide. (laughs) Our family went to Legoland in Florida recently, and we were just so excited to stay at the pirate-themed hotel. And as a Lego lover myself, I was in complete awe of just the Lego chandeliers and life-size Lego creations all around us, everywhere we turned. Um, It seemed like there was something new to see every time we entered the dining room of the hotel. But what I found myself staring at more than the Lego creations was the number of families at the breakfast or the dinner table whose children were absolutely glued to a device. I'm talking from infants to older kids, nearly all of them ate with a screen in front of them. It's almost like they were on their own separate vacation where, you know, their meals were just delivered to them while they never even looked up to see what was happening around them. And more often than not, when a child lost his or her temper at the table, It was when that parent removed the device, like they had to leave or something, the parent takes away the device. Well, oftentimes they just gave up the fight and handed it right back to them as they were walking out of the restaurant just to avoid making a scene. Now, before I give the impression that my little cherubs um, spend their downtime reading classic novels aloud to one another, I need to confess that so much of this episode stems from my personal conviction as these issues of technological addiction have played out in my life and in the lives of our kids. So please understand that I'm not passing judgment on those of us who have failed miserably at managing or eliminating technology in our homes. And know that I'm also being vague here about the definition of technology. You know, books were a kind of technology in their day, so I'm not opposed at all to technology. But there are obvious differences between a book and a device that we allow our children to go into bed with that has access to endless vices. I'm also not going to be specific about whether I think we should limit or eliminate certain devices and at what ages. Um, You know, that's just up to parents to research and decide, though I can't imagine having gone through middle school with social media. I just, Mm -hmm. I can't. Uh, But I'm not a pediatrician or a psychologist or a neurologist or any other kind of biologist. Um, I'm just a mom who's really concerned about the direction we're headed as a society if we keep going the way we're going. Mm -hmm. I do want to encourage all of us to take a step back and to consider the reasons why we might resist making changes to the way we manage technology in our homes. Many of us already know the problems it causes. Um, If you've seen the documentary Social Dilemma, you're probably scared to death. Um, I do recommend that film, by the way. It's excellent. Um, It's not at all from a biblical perspective, but it is very sobering and created by the people who created social media. So I highly recommend that. Oh, wow. Hey, someone actually just recently told me I don't know if it was Twitter or Snap, I can't remember, but one of the creators of one of those social media outlets actually was interviewed and said that he did not allow his own kids. Oh, yeah. Uh, what was None that? None of was, them do. None of them oh, do. Wow. Yeah, Ginger, you yeah. need to see that film. It's it's terrifying, quite frankly. And And at the end of it, they all basically said the same thing, that if we don't stop the course we're on, this is not going to end well for us as a society. And one guy actually said he felt like we were headed for civil war. And in a lot of, I mean, I know that's dramatic, but, you know. (laughs) I can see it. I can see it. Yeah, that's scary. Scary stuff. It is. I'm going to watch that. I know you keep telling me to watch it. I just haven't taken the time to do it, but I'm I'm definitely going to watch it. And I've heard a lot of people say that that documentary, Social Dilemma, just really, really opened their eyes. Mm Uh, completely changed the way that they viewed technology, especially social social media outlets, and that they 
really made drastic changes in, yes. in their families with their kids and themselves. Right. So yeah, I definitely, I need to watch that just so that I'm up and aware. I, I could totally take all the social media accounts off mm. of my phone. I just, I don't enjoy it, but, um, but I, I, I see it as an outlet where I can encourage people. And so, you know, I, I don't get on there and scroll a whole lot. I just that's, get on there and try the to challenge. encourage folks. It right. is. It's yeah. finding the balance where we are able to encourage others and spread the gospel. But how, how often do we as Christians do that? How often are we using it to further God's kingdom right. versus further our own agenda or be passive aggressive or, you know, any other number yeah. of, and, and it probably varies from day to day. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm confident though, Ginger, like you and like me that, you know, we have this conviction to some degree that we may need to limit the amount of time that we or our children spend with a device in their hands. Um, and this conviction is very likely to come from the Holy Spirit. So why don't we follow through with limiting or eliminating those things that cause harm to our families? You know, Matthew 5, 29 to 31 puts it in very descriptive language. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. I mean, that's subtle, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but Katie, I do think you need to clarify what Jesus is and isn't saying before we wind up in a lawsuit. Absolutely. Jesus is not condoning self-mutilation here. He's using a literary <laughs> tool. So he's using hyperbole. It's an exaggeration for effect. And as a side note here, I love that Jesus exaggerates. I mean, the drama queen in me really <laughs> appreciates that he does that. Oh, I like that. I've never heard that. I'm totally going to use that the next time Ronnie accuses me yes. of exaggerating, which I don't. By no, the way. just I say never it's a literary tool. Jesus yeah, used yeah, it. Yeah. So the next time he uh, accuses me, I'm just going to say, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to be more like Jesus. It's always good to use <laughs> Jesus to win a fight with your husband. <laughs> yeah, I'm on it. <laughs> but you know, I bet there are grown men and women who would prefer to actually lose a limb than to have to give up their phones. Um, I don't think that's hyperbole. I mean, I really think there are people who are that addicted to it. So if it's that difficult, for grown men and women to resist the pull of technology, how much more difficult is it for our kids whose bodies and brains are still developing? Mm, wow, that is such a good point, Katie. I don't know if you and your family have jumped on the monthly membership bandwagon, but my family really has. There are several that we get super excited about, but one of my kids' absolute favorites is called Dwell. Dwell is a monthly membership of scripture designs to help you and your family memorize one Bible verse every month. So we have what's called the Family and Friends membership, and it includes a four by five and a half print of the scripture verse, two key cards with the verse, and this is my favorite part, nine temporary tattoos. The designs are just beautiful, and I think this is a perfect Christmas or a birthday gift that doesn't include just more plastic stuff laying around the house. Actually, I have a funny story about my dwell tattoo. I was having dinner with my parents one night and I had one on my wrist because we were learning John 8:36. Well, my dad saw it and asked if I had a new tattoo on my arm and I was like, yeah, dad, I've had this for almost 10 years. <laughs> and he said, well, I never noticed that before. <laughs> and then I had to confess that I lied to my dad about a fake scripture tattoo. So, you know, don't be like me. To learn more about this wonderful way to help you and your family hide God's Word in your heart, go to dwelldifferently.com and use the code GINGER10 to get 10% off your order. Again, that's dwelldifferently.com and use the code GINGER10. 
one of our most hilarious church moments happened before COVID. You know, back when we were allowed to sit next to people. Well, my son had brought his favorite Lightning McQueen car with him that particular Sunday. We were sitting in the middle of our very large church, so literally thousands of people, when suddenly lightning hit the floor and he rolled and he rolled and he rolled all the way to the front of the church. And then some amazing person at the front, probably a dad, just picked up the car and without even looking back, he just passed it over his shoulder to the row behind him. And that person passed it back and back all the way until lightning was returned and my face was pretty much as red as that car. That story is one of the main reasons I'm so excited to share more about our sponsor, Not Consumed. Not Consumed is a family-owned ministry with dozens of products to help you and your family grow in faith. Their Bible studies for kids and families are amazing and so helpful. I love the one entitled My Brother's Keeper, but my favorite product is the Sermon Notebook. I just love that this is a way for our kids, as young as four years old even, to stay engaged with the sermon rather than distracting the entire church. To find out more about Not Consumed Ministries' incredible catalog of products and to download their free family Bible study, just visit notconsumed.com slash ginger. Again, that's notconsumed.com slash ginger. Let me just read some pretty sobering and even alarming statistics about kids and social media just to put into perspective what's going on here. One recent study put out by Common Sense Media said that every day, the average child, ages 4 to 17, spends more than four and a half hours on an electronic device. Mm. 11% spend more than 11 hours a day, and 12% spend 6 to 11 hours a day. Y'all, this is not every week. This is every single day. Mm. Think of what that's doing to their brains and the time it's robbing from our kids. And not just that, but the more they're on social media, the more they're influenced by the evils that are on social media. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Who are our kids spending time listening to on social media? And are those people being a positive or a negative influence on our kids? And what ways are we seeing our kids change as a result of those who are influencing them? Do we see our children desiring to be more like Jesus or more like the world? Listen to these statistics from the book uh, Screen Kids by Gary Chapman and Arlene Pelicane. It says 22% of teen girls admitted to posting nude or semi-nude photos or videos of themselves online. That's terrifying. That is very terrifying. And, you know, that's just the ones that admit to it. Mm -hmm. My guess is there's probably a lot of them that were asked that didn't want to actually admit Mm -hmm. that they were doing that. But even the ones that admitted 22% of teen girls, that is a lot Mm -hmm. to admit that they're doing that. Also, 70% of children ages 7 to 18 years old have accidentally encountered online porn, often through a web search while doing their homework. That's, that's so scary, the way that they're weaseling these things in here, doing searches for homework projects, and then they, all of a sudden this porn pops up. You guys know as well as I do, we live in very evil times. The enemy is all over ways to sneak in and corrupt our kids. And one of the most powerful ways that he's doing that is through um, technology. Also, according to Screen Kids in 2012, 41% of 13 to 17 year olds in the U.S. had a smartphone. In 2018, that number jumped to 89%. Wow. From 41% 
to 89%. In 2012, 34% of that same age group use social media multiple times a day. And then in 2018, that number jumped to 70%. So from 34% to 70%. I mean, that that's just crazy. Here's the bottom line as far as what a time robber this is. According to the World Health Organization, teenagers spend seven hours and 22 minutes per day on screens. And that doesn't even include school and homework time. That's just leisure time, seven and a half, seven hours and 22 minutes. That's practically a full-time job. It is. It is. That That's just frightening. Now, here's what's even more scary about why spending this kind of time in front of screens is, is so damaging. This is a quote from Screen Kids. It says, any device with an electronic screen acts like a stimulant, causing the stress hormone cortisol to rise. The more visually appealing and exciting the screen time, the more the stress hormone will rise. When there is a chronic overstimulation like this to the brain, blood flow is rerouted from the front part of the brain, the frontal lobe, to the deeper part of the brain responsible for vital functions like breathing and swallowing. This switch is significant because the frontal lobe is the most human part of our brain, regulating mood, decision-making, prioritizing, impulse control, empathy, and creativity. So when your child is playing a video game and forgets to do chores or to even go to the bathroom, it's because the decision-making, self-control part of his brain is actually being turned off. It's not getting any blood. When your daughter yells at you for taking away her tablet, it's because her impulse control and empathy center have gone dark. And that's the end of the quote. That is scary. I mean, here we are as parents wanting to train our children in self-control to not be impulsive, to make good decisions. And we pray that God will keep their hearts tender so that they will feel and express genuine empathy and compassion for others. Yet we're allowing them to feed on devices that totally work against all these virtues and character qualities that we're trying to, to instill in their lives. You know, that's like injecting a needle full of heroin into the arms of our kids and hoping that they don't experience the effects of it. That's right. All right. So off the rant, (laughs) Katie, I think you're right in saying that most everyone is probably aware of at least some of these damaging effects that technology is having on our kids. So why are we not doing a better job when it comes to managing our kids and technology? You mentioned that there are some excuses that we use. So what do you think the number one excuse for why we don't eliminate or at least limit the use of technology in our kids' lives? Well, I think the number one reason why we don't limit or eliminate harmful technology is actually my go-to excuse. You know, I just need a break. So (laughs) take a stroll around Target on any given day. I was actually just there today. Um, And you'll see that most everyone who has a child young enough to sit in a shopping cart has also handed that child a device to quiet them. You don't hear any whining or crying for toys or mommy, let me down. Instead, you hear the sounds of YouTube videos. Okay, side note, I can't help it. Ginger, have you heard of unboxing videos? Not boxing, but unboxing. No, I can't say that I've heard. I'm rarely up on latest (laughs) trends. So what is it? I figured you didn't know. Um, Of all the disturbing content on YouTube, this is some of the most disturbing to me. So these are videos of adults or children opening boxes of stuff, just random stuff, toys mostly. Um, But some of these creators, if you can call them that, make upwards of $1 million in revenue per month. What? 
per for month. opening boxes of stuff. That's right. Oh, okay, I'm totally in the wrong business. Yeah, we're switching gears. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. We're, we're do, shutting down the podcast. We're gonna do a we're, video we're podcast opening boxes. Of, <laughs> your opening boxes. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to sound judgy, but I'm really sad to live in a culture where a five-year-old makes an eight-figure annual salary by opening gifts while millions of other children watch him. That just mm, makes me sad. And that is so ridiculous. But wait, I mean. Why do people want to watch other people open boxes of stuff? I don't, I, I don't. I don't get it. Neither do I. It's just terribly bizarre. And you know, while it seems harmless, you know, I mean, at least they're not watching something truly objectionable. You know, we really do need to ask what it's doing to our kids' hearts and minds to mm, watch this. Yeah. Well, I would imagine it's probably making them want more stuff. Absolutely. Exactly. Okay. Off our soapbox. I said I wasn't going to talk about content. Um, we're talking today about why we allow it to continue. So believe me, parents, I get it. I homeschool our three kids. And the last thing I want to do on most days is to take them shopping with me, especially when they were in that toddler phase. Um, but unfortunately, the screen habits that we begin in the toddler phase often extend well into the teen years and then into adulthood. So screens have always been a part of our parenting, um, even sadly from the time our oldest was a baby. And he was born right around the time that iPads came out. So we thought it was so cute how he would just crawl over to the couch and he'd pull himself. I mean, he wasn't even standing yet. He would pull himself up, lean on the couch and operate the iPad like it was second nature to him. Mm. We marveled at all the wonderful things this technology would do for him as he grew and matured. And we actually thought we were helping him with all these educational apps and age-appropriate games we allowed him to play. We thought he was getting ahead of the curve and learning technology. Well, it didn't take very long for us to realize that this newfound technology wasn't helping our son at all. It was actually making it much more difficult to parent him. And as a result, I honestly believe it made me more lazy as a parent. I came to rely on that technology in moments when I just needed downtime, or I honestly wanted him to be quiet. So Instead of me taking the time to teach my son how to entertain or soothe himself, which I do recommend, and we want our kids to be able to sit quietly alone. Instead of that, though, we often handed him a device for our own comfort. Mm, yeah, and I can totally relate to that, Katie. It's just with mine, when my kids were little, it wasn't phones and iPads. It was letting them watch too many videos. Mm. Uh, we actually didn't have cable TV when my kids were growing up. Um, but we did have a VHS player. And then later, of course, we had a DVD player. For those of you that don't even know what a VHS player is anymore. <laughs> and during the summer months, it was all too tempting for me to let them watch shows and movies or play video games um, just so that I could have some time to myself. But you're right, Katie, allowing too much screen time, whatever that screen time is, because we know that it's not good for them. It's often more about us. And what we want. I know my motives were selfish when mm. I knew that I was letting my kids watch too many shows or play too many video games. But I was like you. It's like, I just need a little bit of time. And especially with homeschooling moms, we're with mm -hmm. our kids all day long. So we need those breaks and rightly so. Yeah. You know, we do need those breaks, but we don't want our breaks to be at the expense of what's best for our kids. Exactly. And that's the point. It's rarely for the comfort of our children. I mean, Barney is not that, and I mean, it's, I don't even know if Barney's a thing anymore, but <laughs> Barney's not Barney. so educational that it's worth sacrificing, you know, right. the health of our kids. It's really for our benefit. So when I talk about these excuses we give for allowing excessive technology to continue, you know, please know that I can completely identify with every single one of these. And I continue to struggle with many of them to this day. I still have three young kids that I homeschool and the temptation to park them in front of the TV in the afternoons is huge. 
And I'm still learning how to fight that right alongside the rest of you. Yep. The battle is real. That's right. So what's the second excuse we use for not better managing technology with our kids? Well, excuse number two is this. My child behaves worse when I take it away, so I let him have it to avoid a tantrum or making a scene. Mm. So this is where the parenting rubber meets the road. Are we willing to sacrifice our own comfort for the good of our children? Have we given in to the temptation to avoid addressing our kids' screen activities because it's a battle? Sadly, I'm convinced that we're raising a generation of digital junkies. Parents resist taking away devices from their children because of the effects of their withdrawals. So here are some of the warning signs that are listed in the book I mentioned earlier called The Screen Strong Solution. And please, if your child experiences any of these, I do recommend that you read this book. So these are the symptoms to look out for. Number one, only screen use puts your child in a good mood. Number two, your child is unhappy when forced to unplug. Number three, your child uses screen time as an escape. Number four, screens are the only reward that motivate your child. Number five, your child sneaks around and lies about screen use. Number six, your child has a general increase in anxiety and stress. And number seven, screens interfere with family activities, friendships, or school. We now know, uh, because of research, that not all screen time is created equal and that interactive screens like phones and video games are actually more harmful and most harmful. Um, They create a chemical dependency much the same way that alcohol and drugs do. So I do encourage parents to research further if your child exhibits any of the symptoms I just mentioned. And we'll be sure to put a link in our show notes to all the great resources we've mentioned in today's episode. And really, we've only scratched the surface of the research that's been done on the damaging effects that screen time has on our kids. And don't be discouraged if you feel like that you've already blown it in this area. It is never too late to make some changes. God's mercies are new every morning, and His grace is sufficient. All right, Katie, I think we've given our listeners a lot to chew on for one day. So (laughs) let's close here and then let's come back next week to discuss more on this important topic of parenting kids in the digital age. Thank you so much for joining us, friends. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And while you're there, can you leave us a rating or a review? This just helps us get the word out about our podcast so that other parents can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. Do you have a parenting question? Well, we invite you to submit it at gingerhubbard.com slash askginger, and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. And while you're on the website, you can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode. While you're on gingerhubbard.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Today, we're offering her parenting book, I Can't Believe You Just Said That, Biblical Wisdom for Taming Your Child's Tongue, at a 10% discount when you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com. If you'd like daily encouragement and parenting advice from Ginger, be sure to follow her on Instagram at ginger.hubbard. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God. As a mom, I can't imagine going back to the good old days where parents just sent their teenagers off in a car without a way to call if they, you know, get into a fender bender with their insurance agent's daughter. That's a true story. I did that. And as my kids mature, I like the idea of them being able to reach me if something happens. Uh, But I don't like the idea of giving my kids access to the entire World Wide Web of wackadoos. 
This is why I'm ecstatic to introduce you to our sponsor, Gab Wireless. They are the first smartwatch and smartphone provider to actually do something smart when it comes to our kids. Gab watches and phones look and feel like all the smart devices on the market, but the great thing is that they don't cost more than a mortgage payment. And they're super safe for kids. There's no internet, no apps, no games, no social media, and no contract. Instead, the Gab watches and phones have just the functionality that is safe for kids and nothing more. Gab watches and phones are just $100 and start at $10 per month for service. But for our podcast listeners, Gab has offered $30 off the price of their watches and phones. Just use the code GINGER at checkout to get your Gab watch or Gab phone for just $70. Go to Gab, that's G-A-B-B wireless.com and use the code GINGER at checkout. Again, that's Gab, G-A-B-B wireless.com and use the code GINGER at checkout.